Acts 27. How many of y'all know we're still living in the days of Acts right now? The, the book of Acts hadn't, hadn't ended. We're still living in it. That was the beginning of the New Testament church, and we're still living in it. We're still, we're still acting on it, right? So as you turn to Acts 27, I want to give you a little bit of background um, of the story that we're about to read from. Because I'm going to pick up kind of in the middle of the story for time's sake night to read all something. Give you a little background of what's going on here in this story in Acts 27. The Apostle Paul was arrested in Jerusalem and then imprisoned in Caesarea for over two years. As a Roman citizen, he used the right uh, uh, of appeal for Caesar So the governor of Caesarea sent him to Rome in the late fall of 59 AD. The sea and the wind were dangerous at that time of the year, and the voyage ended in shipwreck on the island of Malta, where Paul and the rest of the people on the ship spent the winter. So we're going to pick up the story uh, where when they were in the thick of this storm I just told you about before getting shipwrecked on the Isle of Malta. How many of y'all also just made me think about it? Y'all know, uh, how many of y'all know and have heard when he's been here? I think he's actually coming back this year. Brother Fabian Gretsch, that they're, they're, um, they're actually uh, missionaries to Iraq. He's from Malta. He's from the island of Malta. So it's pretty cool. Just made me think he's going to be back this year. So awesome man. And God is doing a great work in northern Iraq. So Acts 27, verse 18. We're going to pick this story up. Now that you know background there. He's on his way to Rome. Him with a bunch of prisoners and Roman guards and officers. And, and they're in the midst of this crazy storm. So Acts 27, verse 18. I don't know if I told you that. That's where we're going to pick up. Verse 18 says this. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. I kind of think this is a little funny. In other words, Paul's like, I told you so. And so if you read earlier, because he told him not to leave, you should have avoided, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. For I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is awesome, Lord, that your word infuses us with power, with hope, with faith. Lord, we know faith comes from hearing your word. Lord, I pray that faith would arise in each and every one of us, that hope would continue to arise, that healing would continue to spring forth, that you would, Lord, open up our ears, our hearts, our minds, our spirits to understand, receive, and the grace, the strength, and the power to apply it to our lives. Holy Spirit, help me, for I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help, your leading, and your guiding, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week I preached on the subject, uh, our one true hope. And then Sunday I was out, but I heard Pastor Kelly preach a phenomenal message from what I'm hearing, right? And I've heard a few different people and, and, and one person specifically said, I'll tell you this, that, that he left the people with hope on Sunday. Is that right? Pastor Kelly left everyone that was here and just the midst of everything he's just been walking through with hope. So tonight, and I didn't really plan this, Monday morning as I was spending my time with the Lord, the Lord just took me here. But we're going to stay in the theme of hope. 
We're going to stay in the vein of hope, almost like a little unplanned miniseries that, that, that we're in right now. And I want to show you from the story that we just read how to have hope in the storm. How to have hope in the storms of life. In verse 20 it says, until at last all hope was gone. Have you ever been in a place in your life where maybe you might even be there right now where you feel like all hope is gone? In the storms of life tonight, I want to show you, when you feel this way, we must do a few things. I want to show you four things from, this is not exhaustive, but from this, this story that we should do and how we can have hope in the storm. Number one, remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. Look what it says in verse 22 and 24. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives. This is Paul speaking. Even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, of the God whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Listen, belonging to the Lord and serving the Lord are two different things. They're two different things. You can, you, there, there's people that try to serve God, but don't identify that they actually belong to him as a, as a child of the most high God. See, if you know who you belong to, then you'll really want to serve him. If, if you know that you belong to, to him, I, you know, I heard a story years ago about a pastor's son. They were out on vacation and they were skiing and the dad was, the pastor, the dad was on the ski lift. And as he was, if you've ever been skiing, you know, you can, you, you know, as you go up on the ski lift, you can see the slopes and maybe the, especially the bunny slopes or the, the training area right there. And as he was on the ski lift, uh, either he was, yeah, he was going up, obviously, and his son was coming down, flying down the, the slope. And he can see that there was a group of people that he was about to run into and cause a mess. And he was hollering his name, Jonathan, Jonathan. He's hollering his name. And uh, he's just watching this disaster about to happen. Sure enough, his son plows into a group of people. Well, he, you know, jumps off the ski lift, comes racing down the slopes. And by that time, you know, there was a man there, you know, one of the managers of the, of the ski resort and whatnot. And he's just, you know, fussing at, at, at the son. And, you know, whenever the dad walked up, he asked the question, who, who do you belong to? And the dad walked up in the midst of his son just getting, you know, basically pulverized. And his dad said, he belongs to me. How many of y'all know that that must have been a good feeling? Even though he was in trouble, that hearing those words from a dad, you know what? He belongs to me. That no matter what, that son in that moment, and the way he tells it as a father, the way he tells the story was that, you know what, no matter what my son did or has done, he's still my son. He will always be my son. He belongs to me. See, that, that's what we got to know, especially in the thick of the storm. Sometimes when we're in the storm, we think, man, why is this happening? Is God mad at me? Is, did I do something wrong? We need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, you know what, we still belong to him. Paul's in the thick of the storm. Again, he was arrested. You got to realize he was a prisoner on this ship. Like I just gave you the, the, the preview. You can read in uh, chapters 26 and earlier in 27. He got arrested again in, 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 um, in Caesarea. And uh, he was going to, they, or no, he got arrested, I'm sorry, in Jerusalem. And then he was in, being held in Caesarea and he appealed so he was going to Rome. So he's a prisoner, been in jail for what? Preaching the gospel. He didn't do nothing wrong. He didn't do, you know, he was doing God's will. And, and in the midst of this, in the midst of a bunch of people that, if you read the story, wanted to kill him, wanted, you know, a bunch of pagans, he knew when the angel of the Lord came before him, he identified it. First of all, this angel was from the God I belong to, my daddy, my father. And then he said, and who I'm served. Not only will you want to serve him if you know you belong to him, 
But if you know you belong to him, when the storm starts blowing and the seas get rough, you will not lose hope. You won't lose hope. You won't lose hope that, you know, I still belong to the Lord. He's not, he hasn't abandoned me. I'm still his son. I'm still his daughter. I'm still his child. I still belong to him. Do you know that you belong to him? You are a beloved, precious child of the most high God. Even though the storms, the siege may be raging around you. You know, I love how it says, he, he said that, you know what, the ship's, uh, this ship will go down, but you will still have your life. You know, I thought about that. You know, in life, in the storm, sometimes our ship will go down. We have sinking ships in our life. And again, it, it could be, you know, getting sick, coming down with a, a major sickness. It could be losing a job. I was just talking about my brother David just lost his job today. If you think about David, the resource, pray for them. I asked if I can mention that, and he said, sure. And another brother in the church here that works with him lost his job. Just today, there's two more people that are that are just like that have good awful jobs and are, are, are out of work like that that that's a sinking ship right there right that's a and, and just in that instance his his ship of employment just sunk right but you know what there's hope brother sister you belong to the lord he's your daddy and he will provide amen amen we're gonna keep praying for y'all it could be having marriage problems it could be a loved one that passed away you know you know, just recently, again, we continue to talk about Pastor Kelly. You know, that's a, we're believing for a miracle. We're believing for a healing. When that doesn't happen, you know what? That's a, a, a ship that has sunk. All of us have sunken ships in our lives, right? When the storms rage, sometimes, you know, we lose, we lose certain battles. We lose certain ships. I remember the guy I used to work for, I used to always say, and that thing you can apply. You know, you can't go to war without losing some soldiers. Sometimes we'll lose soldiers. We'll lose ships. But you know what? That doesn't mean we might lose the battle or lose soldiers in the battle, but the war is not over. The storm, you know, might still be raging, but, you know, we know the one who calms the storms. We know the ones that can speak to the storm. So like it says in this story, even though these ships go down, you could still experience life. You can still experience life. Look at Romans 14, 8, 9 says, if we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Just because somebody might maybe lost a battle with cancer or sickness, it doesn't mean like, oh, what, you know, why didn't, or whatever the case may be, they still belong to the Lord. They're still a child of the Most High God. And we know that. We, we, that's what's awesome. We know that even though our earthly bodies die, if this, this physical body, this ship goes down, we will live forever because we belong to the Lord. We will live forever. We know that. Ships go down in life, but don't lose hope. If you keep focusing on who you are, not just circumstance, but who you are, it goes, it goes back to identity. See, we'll have security in the storm if we have identity. An identity in, in who we are, not what we do, and not what the circumstances look like. Not what the circumstances look like. So number one, you have hope in the storm by remembering who you belong to. Number two, Remember that the Lord's right beside you. Right in the thick of the storm, the Lord is right beside you. Look at verse 23. It says, For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Stood beside me. Not afar off, but stood beside me. Now, even though it was an angel that stood beside Paul, we know that this angel was God's messenger and he represented God, right? 
We know that. That was a representation of the Lord. His messenger sent him right there to speak to him straight. Hey, look, I got a message from you straight from the Lord. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is, is living inside of us. We know he's right beside us, even in the thick of the storm. He's right there. He's beside you, and he won't leave you. You know, I was talking to someone just this week, and, and uh, they had been dealing with being alone, like physically alone, not being married and, and, and living alone, and just, you know, just felt like this season in their life, they were, you know, they, they were alone. And, you know, and I, and I get that. I understand. Like, I, I know, I understand how that is, that physically we all, God's created us to, 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 to love and to express love, especially in marriage, between a man and a woman, and, and being in fellowship. That's why we have the body of Christ. And, and I, I get it. I'm not downplaying that, and I encourage that brother in that, you know, in that. But, you know, technically we are never alone. The Lord is right beside us. He's right beside us. Look what Hebrews 13, 5 says. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then in John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus said this. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And that's the blessing. I mean, I know, and we know that Paul had the Holy Spirit too, you know, but that's what's awesome. Some of us have, you know, might not ever seen an angel. Maybe some of us in this room have. I know some people that have, have seen angels, you know, but we know that the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm sending you to him and he will never leave you. As long as we're walking this earth, as long as we live in this life, there's no wind strong enough to blow the Holy Spirit out of us. Amen. There's no waves that can crash over that can wash his presence out of our life, right? He will never leave us. The Lord is right beside us in the thick of the, the, the greatest and mightiest storm. He won't leave us. He'll be right there with us. And the good thing is, is that sometimes, you know, when we feel alone is when we encounter Jesus in the greatest way. When we feel like we're all alone, when, when you know, and, and, and it goes back to God working things out to the good, you know. And I understand, again, that's, that's, that's how we're wired. We're wired to be in relationship. We're wired to be with others. But, you know, at the same time, when we get alone or we are alone, maybe it's a time, a season, a storm. Maybe it's just a season of life you're in. I tell you what, there's something about it, you know, because sometimes, although relationships are great and relationships are good, relationships can be distracting. You know, media can be distracting, social media, even though, you know, again, the studies are being shown that even though social media is supposed to help connect us in relationships, we're, we're, we're disconnected in true relationships more than ever. Those things can be distracting. TV, social media, hobbies, those things. When we get alone and those, all those things, that's what's awesome about fasting. When we go through our, our 21 days of prayer and fasting and we encourage you to turn off the TV and get off of social media and, you know, only get on the Internet if you need to for work and that kind of stuff. You know, it takes away all those distractions and you get to get alone with the Lord. I begin to think about this. The Lord showed me. Think about it. When John got, got exiled to the Isle of Patmos, he was basically alone. Think about how he encountered Jesus. We got the book of Revelation out of that. Out of John being alone, exiled on this island, we got the book of Revelation. And, and, and some that, that scholars are still studying today that I don't still fully understand all of this full meaning of it. Amen? You know, so that, that shows us that's a good example of when we get alone, we know that the Lord is right beside us. In the storm, and that's the time to encounter him, to cry out to him. That's how you can have hope. 
to know, you know what? And even listen, even if certain people do abandon you, when the storms are raging in life and people jump ship, so to speak, people jump off, people jump on another ship, people get in their, their P-Rows and take off. This, you know, like the safety lifeboat things, they, they probably would be P-Rows down here. You know, I got the picture in my mind. You know, with the boats on the side of the big ships that they cut? I just had envisioned a P-Row, but it's probably not. Whatever the, the, the case may be, some people might. Some people might abandon. Some people might take off. But you know what? The Lord has said, you can have hope. That when you feel like everybody has left you, nobody's standing with you. That's how Paul felt. And many times if you read through the New Testament, he said, even though everyone has left me, the Lord is still right here. That's why the psalmist said, even if your father and mother abandoned you, the Lord will take you up. He will take care of you, especially in the storm. And I I can't help but think about, you know, the storm and the, 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 the story in the Gospels where even though Jesus was with them, Jesus was sleeping. The midst of the storm, he was sleeping. I, I, I believe it's because he's the prince of peace. He had total peace. And they're freaking out like, Jesus, don't you care about us? There's a storm. We're about to drown. We're about to die. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, got it. Peace be still. Can I go back to bed now? You know, like, I mean, he's the prince of peace. He commands the winds and the waves. He didn't really say that, obviously. We know how the story was. But I'm thinking, you know, he was sleeping through it all. You know, and that's the thing. We got to know that he's still with us. Even though he might seem silent, he's still right there beside us. You got to have hope and you got to know that. That's going to help you. Know who you belong to and know that he's right beside you. The third thing you need to remember is remember that the Lord is still good. Remember that the Lord is still good. I believe, I, 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 I see that a lot of times I think this is where some believers get hung up. They get hung up when, when waves and winds start raging, life starts throwing them crazy storms and curveballs. Some believers start questioning God's character and his goodness. We, remember we talked about his character last week. Look at verse 24. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more? Look at that. God in his goodness. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So not only did he tell Paul, like, listen, God is so good that not only is he going to protect you, but everybody else on this ship as well. God in his goodness, because guess what? Paul, as far as we know, and I'm assuming Luke was with them because Luke is the author of, 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 the, of the book of Acts. And as, as the history says, and he keeps referring to, if you read, we, all of us, we, you'll see it later in scripture. So I'm assuming there's a couple, at least a couple believers on the ship. But as we know, there's a bunch of Roman soldiers, officers that were probably pagan people. There was a bunch of other prisoners. So unless they were believers that were preaching the gospel too, it, it's safe to say that there was a lot of, you know, non-believers on that ship. And God is so good, not only is he going to save the ones that belong to him as children, but everyone else on the ship. And that's what he said. God in his goodness, the angel made it clear, like, listen, Paul, even though the seeds are raging, even though it looks bad, you're in chains, you're going to prison, you're standing before Caesar for, for doing my will, and it looks like you're about to die. You gave these people advice. They didn't listen to you. God in his goodness is going to still save y'all. And, you know, we got to realize, even if... The, that ship went down and sunk with everybody on, and that was then. God is still good. That's what we gotta we gotta get in our in our our, our our skulls is that in our hearts is that no matter how it turns out, it doesn't change the fact that God is good. Listen, even when things are bad, God is still good. 
You might want to write that down. It's simple, but it's true. Even when things are bad, God is still good. God is still good. You know, I think about Pastor Brad and, and even Brother Larry in their last, you know, uh, couple of days, even on the earth, they were still proclaiming God's goodness. Both of them in the physical, losing their battle with cancer. Both of them were still proclaiming. I remember Pastor Brad still talking in the office. And when he still talking about God's good, Pastor Kelly might have said it Sunday. I remember him telling me that, you know, even as Brother Larry was going down and, and he was just, you know, on, on the last few days, the last week of his life, he was like, Dad, you okay? And he just said, kept saying, God is so good to me. Here's a man whose body's getting eaten up with cancer and dying. And he's telling Kelly, God is so good to me. Not questioning God's goodness. Even when things are bad, God is still good. One of the ways that you remember that he is good is by remembering his promises. We talked about this a little bit last week too. In verse 25, Paul says, So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. He was taking this angel at his word, God at his word, through the, the messenger, through the angel. Take courage. I believe God. And it is just, as he said, we have to stand and remember and recite and rethink and spiritually regurgitate his promises. Because again, his promises, you remember last week we talked about, are backed by his name, the honor of his name. They're backed by his character. That's how we remember how good God is by remembering his promises. Psalm 119.49 says this, remember your promise to me. Look what he says, it is my only hope. When all hope seems lost, when all hope is gone, the psalmist said, your only hope that I have, the only hope I have. He was asking the Lord, remind me of your promises again, Lord. Tell me how good you are. Show me what you've done for me. Show me what you've promised. If even there's nothing left on this life to look forward to, we got eternity. We have heaven. If even if, if, if this, this world, this country, this everything our, our bodies around us keeps on dying. We still have the hope and the promise of heaven. That, that, that promise in itself, I mean, everything else could, none of our prayers can get answered from this moment forward. And when we get to heaven and we spend eternity, it won't even matter. We're not going to be like, oh, God, thank you for being here. Why you didn't answer them last two dozen prayers I prayed? When we, we, ain't got, we won't be thinking that. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. This is, I'm just kind of saying this jokingly in light. But you know how people always say, especially again down here, like, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to ask God is, why did you make mosquitoes? What's the purpose of mosquitoes? I'm like, no, you won't. You will not ask him questions, lad. I promise you. You're gonna get, we're going to get to heaven in all the glory and the radiance of the Lord himself. And I really believe none of that stuff will matter. I truly believe that. I don't think it will matter. I don't think that's the first thing we're going to ask God. I really don't think. Now, I don't know, maybe later in eternity when we're sitting around eating and stuff and, and drinking Dr. Pepper, then maybe, yes, I said it, there will be Dr. Pepper in heaven. Then maybe just if we're having conversation, like we might ask Paul, like, did you ever find out why there was mosquitoes? Um, did you? You know, but we're not, it's not, my point is I'm making light of it. It won't matter. And the Bible says that. It says these things that we suffer and the things we go through on earth, it says that cannot compare to the glory that will be revealed in the future. What he's saying is that, you know what, there's no comparison. And I, and I can't guarantee this. I'm not trying to make the Bible say something. But I truly believe when I read that scripture, what he's saying is that we're not even going to remember it. 
I, I truly believe that. I, I, I don't know if we'll even remember, or if, again, that it's even, it's not going to compare. Again, it's not going to compare to, to, you know what, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, and I just had this thought, going back to fasting. Even though you've been fasting for 21 days and you know how hungry you were and the stomach pains and how ornery you were when your blood sugar was low and you was tired. You remember that? Just this past January? When you get to start eating the next week, you really don't, re- it, it starts to, f- I don't remember now. I mean, I, I, I can remember like, yeah, I was probably hungry, but I've been eating for a few months now. And you really don't remember, right? Are y'all tracking with me? I, I mean, I just had that, that thought. I think, think about it in the aspect of eternity. And I mean, the Bible says that heaven don't need any form of light because the glory of God radiates the whole thing. Just that one thought right there blows my mind. Like, it doesn't need any sun. As, as bright as the sun is, I was reading some stuff about the sun the other day and somebody said, as bright and powerful as the sun is, it won't even need that. The glory of God himself is going to radiate the whole thing. And that's amazing. That's the hope that we have. That's the promise in that. If, if anything else, just the pro- I didn't even mean, I wouldn't even plan on getting on that. But that promise in itself is enough to tell you how good God is. Because I know it kind of, of, a, of a rebellious sinner that I was. And that God would want to send his son to die for me. And then to love me. And then to adopt me in. And then to call me his own. And that I belong to him. And then on top of that, bless me and choose me and call me and anoint me. And, and do all this awesome stuff for me. I tell you what. That's the, I, I know God is good. No matter what. We got to remember the Lord is still good in the, in the fiercest storms of life. Amen. And the fourth and final thing I want to share with you tonight is remember, because not only do we, like everything in, in, in the kingdom, we don't always only want to focus inwardly, which is where it starts, but outwardly. Remember that your hope can encourage others. The hope that you display in the thick of the storm can encourage others and give others hope. Look in verse 22, Paul says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though this, the ship will go down. And then verse 25, he said, so take courage, for I believe God, and it will be as he said. See, Paul addressed the crew, first scalding them for not listening to him, but then encouraging them with the angel's assurance of survival for all of them. He, again, was like, I told you, you should have listened to me. But then he said, listen, twice, take courage, be encouraged. Look, I know y'all are all, you know, we'll see in a minute, tired, hungry, and thinking you're about to die, but be encouraged. Look at verse 33 now through 36. We hadn't read this yet. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. They hadn't eaten anything, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was what? was encouraged and began to eat all 276 of us who were on board. Paul encouraged almost 300 people on that ship because of the hope that he had in the word and the promise and the goodness of God that he got. Amen? See, Paul's positive example and strong faith in the Lord encouraged the others to eat and to take heart. Let me ask you a question. What kind of example are we going to set? When we're in the storms of life, when we're in the thick of the storm, 
Paul exhibited and was set a great example of hope. He had a positive outlook, a positive attitude. Even though you got to remember, he was a prisoner. He was most likely in chains on this ship, headed to Rome, headed to, to go be stand before Caesar. One of, if not the most powerful man on the earth at the time, as the Roman Empire was ruling. Probably headed for certain death. Eventually, we know, and I don't know the timeline, but we know Paul eventually was executed. But he was encouraging those around him. He, he, most of these people, again, were probably pagan, non-believers. Some of them were soldiers that, as you read, again, wanted to kill them whenever they started. The ship got ran, uh, uh, you know, uh, on, the, on the ground and started breaking up. You know, one of the officers drew his sword and said, let's just kill all the prisoners so they don't escape. But yet here's Paul encouraging everyone. He had a heart for people. He had a heart to encourage others. Even though it looked bleak, he said, y'all, eat something. He sounded like Cajun right there. So, you know, when you go in your, your, your grandma's house, come on, baby, you need to eat something. You hadn't eaten yet. You need to eat something. He was encouraging them. His positive attitude encouraged them. So what kind of example will we set when we go through the storms of life? What kind of faith will we exhibit? As staying with the, 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 the storm theme, will we'll be tossed? Will our faith be tossed to and fro when we're in the storm? When the winds and the waves begin to crash over our life, begin to come over the sides of the ship, begin to come into our marriage, our children, our finances, our health, our community, our homes, what kind of faith are we going to exhibit and show those around us? First and foremost, our brothers and sisters. But also, again, I'll say it again, remember most of these people on the ship we're not believers. Remember, y'all, people are watching us. People are watching us. Listen, whether we like it or not, whether this is what we signed up for, when, when people know that you are a believer, that you are born again Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, a disciple of Christ, people are watching you. People are watching your Facebook posts and your Instagram pictures. People are watching how you're going to respond to certain things. Be careful. Be careful. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're, we're Christ's representative on, on the earth. Now listen, I understand. Again, our brothers and sisters, we can encourage and bring hope to others in the church, but we can also encourage and bring hope to non-believers. I just thought about that too, and, and I don't know, Pastor Kelly might have shared this before, and I don't know if he did, but he shared it with us in the apartment here about, I don't know if you heard the story about how um, his mom was trying to witness to a bunch of ladies at her work. Have y'all heard that? Did he talk about that? About he was, she, for, for years, she was witnessing to all these ladies at her work, and, and they were just hard, and they were hardened, and they're just some rough ladies. But eventually, not too long ago, just a couple of months ago, they came up to Miss Carol, and they said, hey... We would like to start, if you wouldn't mind, we, we, we want to start uh, seeing if you would mind hosting a Bible study for us. And she's like, what? And they're, you know what they said? The reason they wanted to do a Bible study with her, wanted her to do one with him, with them, is they said all these years, your husband, 10 years, 11 years, been battling with cancer. We've been watching you, and you've never swayed. And they started having a Bible study at Miss Carol's house, and Pastor Kelly was, has been leading it. And, and God's been moving in a great way. And you know why? Amen. It's because of this right here. Because through the trial, through this storm of her husband 
battling cancer, they saw that she never swayed. Her hope was still in the Lord. And it was such a testimony and a witness to lost people around her. Amen? Now listen, I understand that this is not easy. When you're in the thick of the storm, I know it's not just, you know, uh, you know, to keep hope alive, to be encouraged, to have faith. I understand it's not easy. But you know what? The Lord will help us. He will help us do it. So you might be in a storm right now. Maybe you're in a storm right now and you're losing hope. I just want to remind you. One, remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. Remember that you belong to your, your, your Father in heaven that cares and loves you and knows you by name. And has a plan for you. And, and, and before you was even formed in your mother's womb, called you to be his child and to love you and to have a purpose. But listen, in order for you to belong to the Lord, you, you have to have been trusted in the Lord. So let me ask you this question. Have you trusted in Christ? Have you given your all to the Lord? Have you belonged? Remember that scripture I read, it says that if we live, we honor the Lord. If we die, we, 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 we honor the Lord because we belong to him. Not everyone belongs to the Lord. Only those that have, have accepted the free gift of salvation by repenting of their sins and asking God to forgive us and to cleanse us. You know, let's take a moment right now. If you don't mind, everybody bow your heads and, and uh, close your eyes with me. And I want to ask you, if you've never trusted in the Lord, and you say, you know what, Brandon, I've, I've never trusted in Christ. I've never, I've never repented of my sins. I don't know if I belong to him. I come to him, I want to serve him, but I don't know if I belong to him. You talked about the promise of heaven. Are you certain that that promise applies to you? Are you certain that you have received and obtained salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ? The Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're not certain that if when you cross over, if your number is called tomorrow, you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. And you say, Brandon, I want to make sure that I belong to the Lord. I, I want to know that that promise of heaven applies to me. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Say, I want to be sure tonight. I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord. Is there anybody in here that says, I, I want to make sure I want to get saved? I see your hand, ma'am. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord. Amen. We're going to pray. And I still got a little bit more we're going to go over. But I want to pray for my sister right here. Anybody else? My new sister in Christ and all of ours. Come on, ma'am. I want you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to all pray together, okay? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says you shall be saved, okay? So let's all pray together. Just pray this prayer with me, ma'am. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died for me. Now, Lord, I pray that you please save me. Please help me. Give me the strength. Give me the, the grace to live for you, to stand on your promises, and always to put my hope in you. Lord, I trust you with my life and my eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you don't mind, before we leave and dismiss in a few minutes, I'd like to meet you, my wife and I. We have a gift for you. I'd like to pray with you. And if anyone else has prayed that prayer, before we dismiss tonight, I'd love for you to come up. Maybe you've you recommitted your life. I'd love for you to come up here and share that with us. So number one, we got to remember who we belong to in order to have hope in the storm. Again, number two, 
Remember that the Lord is right beside you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you. Remember that the Lord is still good. Even when things are bad, his character doesn't change. He is still good. And remember that your hope can encourage others. Your hope can bring hope to others. Your hope can encourage others. I know all these things can be extremely difficult to do when the winds and the waves are blowing and crashing all around you. But listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 119.81. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I put my hope in your word. You know, even when you feel like you're getting worn out by the waves, you're getting worn out by the winds, the psalmist said, you know what? I'm going to keep waiting for your rescue. I'm going to put my hope in your word. You see, again, it goes back. Where does his promises come from? His word. I will put my hope in your word. If we don't know the word, we can't put our hope in it. I encourage you to get in the word. Get the word in you. Stand on the word. Live by the word. Get in the Bible. Stand on the Bible. You need hope. This, this is the greatest form of hope you can have is the word of God. You continue to remember, focus, and reflect on what the Lord says. And I'm going to close with this scripture. Romans 12, 12 through 3. It says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Amen. Rejoice in our confident hope. That's another, that's a, that could be a fifth point. When you need, when you're in the midst of the storm, begin to rejoice. Begin to praise. Come on, praise the winds away. Praise the, 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 the waves away. Even when it don't look like the storms are changing. Excuse me. It looks like it's getting worse. The tide is getting higher. The wind is blowing stronger. The, the rain is coming down. Rejoice in the confident hope. You know, I just had a I just had a thought. I had a little a, a little experience with this just just uh, this past Friday. Nothing major, but you know what? We have a trampoline in our backyard, and remember last Friday the wind just got the gust got up to like I don't know 40, 45 miles an hour, and 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 you know my mom has a little house in our backyard, and, and when the winds begin to blow the the the, the trampoline it, it gets slides across and it gets pushed over to 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 my um again up against my mom's house sometimes. Well, as the wind started blowing hard, I'm like man, I can see the flag across the street and saying like man, the winds are, are blowing. And so the, I said, I, mean, I bet you that that trampoline's getting pushed. One of my daughters ran to the dining room, looked out, and she said, oh, I don't know why she called Joe, but she's like, Joe, you got to come see this. And not only had the trampoline get blown up against it, it had gotten flipped up on its legs and was leaning against my mom's house. So I was like, oh, goodness. So it finally came back down after it was all over. There was a leg that had disconnected and was tucked under her house. I got all that, you know, pulled it out. The whole, we have one of those nets around, you know, the trampoline and the whole thing. All like that side, all the rods are bent and everything. And it put a hole in my mom's siding. So I was just like, man, brand new house, newer trampoline. One, one, 30 minutes of a gust of wind. But you know what? I was rejoicing because there could have been a window. And it started pouring down raining after that. So there was a little damage to her house. There's some damage to my trampoline. But I'm rejoicing. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been a window. It could have been both the windows, right? So you know what? In the midst of the storm, even when things, there's damage being done, there's a lot we can rejoice about, right? There's a lot we can rejoice about in the midst of the storm. And be patient. I know this is probably the hardest thing we always talk about. Be patient. How you do that? I don't know. Keep praying. That's what it says. Keep on praying. I'll end with that. 
Rejoice in our confident hope and keep on praying. Listen, I want to encourage you. Keep praying, keep pressing on, keep hoping. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us. Come on, you might say, Brandon, I'm, I'm in the thick of the storm right now. I'm in the thick of the storm. Come on, anybody else, anybody in here just signify by lifting your hands. Say, Brandon, I'm in a storm of my life right now. And I need to keep hoping. Come on, his hands going up everywhere. Come on, let's begin to pray. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, with your hands up. To apply all these things to our life. Come on, let's pray right now that hope would arise in all those with their hands up. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone like God that has their hands up tonight. For all of those that have their hands up that are in the, in the storm, Lord God, that, that maybe have lost hope or maybe are losing hope. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus, help them to find hope in the midst of their storm. Help them, Lord God, to, to continue to have hope rise up supernaturally. Holy Spirit, cause hope to arise, Lord. Cause hope to arise in their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over every single person, Lord God, with their hands raised tonight, Lord God. Lord, everyone that's in the storm, Lord God, help them to remember that they belong to you, Lord God. That you are right there beside them, Lord. That you are still good. And that if they continue to hope, they continue to look, they continue to, Lord God, be encouraged that they can be an encouragement to others help them to find hope healing restoration Lord I pray right now in the name of Jesus give them perseverance endurance and stamina Lord I pray that they would have endurance in the storm perseverance in the storm even if the winds and the waves and the rain and the sleet and the, the, the hell are pouring down upon them Father I pray in Jesus name Lord God help them to look beyond the storm help them to look beyond the storm beyond the waves Lord God even like Peter that they would have faith to walk on water and not look at the waves, not look at the winds but Father I pray in the name of Jesus that they would stay focused on you Lord that they would stay focused on you. Help them to keep our eyes on you, that we would all keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the champion of our faith. Lord Jesus, we look to you. We love you, Lord. I pray for all those with their hands raised. God, impart grace, power, and anointing to continue on through the storm. We pray for provision, your grace, and your glory to flood each and every life, heart, and home represented here tonight. It's in the mighty, the awesome, and the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. We pray, amen and amen. Well, the Lord bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Any of y'all that raise your hand, if you want us to stand and pray with you, or if you need prayer for anything else, we'll be up here. God bless y'all. Drive safely. Have a wonderful evening.